first of our day. We give you the first of our fears. We give you the first of our successes. You get it all, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 I hope that encouraged somebody today. Come on, look at somebody before you grab your seat and say, he gets it all. And that just means the first. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you're online, I pray that you would give him all today. Thank you for giving him the first of your moments right there in your living room to church. I I think uh, it gets so big when we say all, and uh, the reality is he wants your first. And sometimes we don't take the giving him the first because we think we can't give it all to him. So I hope that really blesses you. It blessed me today. I'm thinking about trying to clear out my bank account. I'm like, well, do I have to do it all, Lord? You know, and uh, he's like, no, I just want the first. And, and that's really the principle of even the tithe. And I'm not going to preach on generosity today that way. But, but the reality is, I mean, when he gets the first of something, the first fruit, uh, it, really, it really sanctifies and purifies the rest. And so many, many times we, we worry about the 10% of the tithe. But, but I'm telling you, God says, if you'll bring the first to me, that first 10, I'll open the windows of heaven on the rest of your life and, uh, and make that blessed. And so it's encouraging. Real quick, we're going to jump into some announcements. Obviously, you see... Uh, that the side screens are are uh, out today, and so all the notes and everything will be on the back screen. Um, I want to give you a couple quick thoughts. Next week, we have Plugged In. Uh, many of you wonder what Plugged In is. It's where we just have uh, a two-part class. Plugged In Part 1 is Find Your People, and we go through our vision and values. I'm going to talk about some values today, uh, but deeper in that class, you can just learn all about who we are, what we believe, connect groups, and just getting plugged in a little bit deeper. And so maybe you're new to our community. We do something called Plugged In on the first and third Sunday of every month, 1130, in our cafe behind this building. You can sign up but connection. We'd love to see you plug in there and learn a, bit, a little bit about who we are. And then on your seat, you'll see a card. Many of you came in today uh, and saw that card on your seat and you're like, wow, what is that? This is a vision uh, commitment card. Every year we do something called Vision Partners. And so this card is really a vision partner card. And usually we, with everything that happened in 2020, we kind of have delayed it. Usually we started in November for the entire year. And, and what this is, is just giving to vision of the house. Can I tell you that, that we all as a church and as individuals, I pray you have vision. We as a church have vision. We always have vision. We don't do big building campaigns every year. We don't do uh, different campaigns for a van or campaigns for a parking lot because we have vision. There's always gonna be vision. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that has vision? I don't, I don't know if you know, but we fed thousands of people and still are through the pandemic. And uh, we're trying right now and planning on how to get our outreach going every month to feed the poor and feed uh, work, you know, those that are uh, a little bit disadvantaged in our, in our area. So that'll be something that's happening. We've got a team of people and uh, outreach minded, putting together some plans to really keep reaching our community more and more and more. And so our heart is a, is a vision for this city. Um, you see on this card, we, look, again, let me say this. Every year when we do this, we start in November and then we we have a big date where we turn it in in December. We're not doing that this year because we're a little bit behind. But what we are doing is putting this card in your hand and it's just sharing a couple thoughts about vision. And we're just gonna ask you to pray about it and see if you would be willing to give above your tithe to the vision of the house for certain projects and for certain vision that we're doing. And then you can slip it in the generosity box anytime. You, the rest of the year, we're gonna, we're, it's all the way to November. So I'm not gonna come back to you with some big date going, okay, and bringing them all forward. We usually do that and it's powerful, but we're starting right now in March. And so I'm gonna do is put this in your hand. I'm going to share a couple of the thoughts about our vision. And then I'm going to ask you to ask God what he'd have you do. I'm not asking you for money. I'm asking you to ask God what he'd have you do based on the vision that we have here. Does that, does that make sense? 
And so several of the things you can see on the card where at the bottom it says 2021 vision initiatives. Number one, it says church growth. That doesn't just mean we wanna have the biggest church in town. That means we wanna reach people with the gospel. And so the very first part of that church growth initiative is an online campus. Come on, everybody give our online people a what's up. We love y'all for hanging out online. We probably have 100 households hanging out online every week, and then more than that, just people watching all around the planet. And so we have people that are part of our community in New York, in, in Ukraine, you know, all, all over, the, over the world, really. But um, so we want to continue to beef up and have vision for an online campus. And so the way we're doing that is we're investing in some, some new lighting, uh, some new projectors. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Um, those are just, that's just a little glitch because of some of the lighting stuff, but some new projectors, some new cameras and things like that to make that online experience uh, all it can be and investing in some online campus directors that can help us continue to mix and reach that community online. Right now we have a couple people typing and doing about 10 things per Sunday and working to engage our online campus. And so if you're interested in online and you're techie like that and can write in the chat and respond to people and do all that kind of stuff, we'd love you to be on that team, but we're gonna be invested into that. And then, and then church growth as well. Next Generation, that's our, our, our transformation youth. Come on, what's up, Chris? Give, give it up for Pastor Chris and our, and our kids' ministry. And so, so with those two, that's the next gen. That's the church of, of right now. It's not the church of tomorrow. It's the church of right this moment. Come on. And, and, and this, last Wednesday night, I don't know if you were here with Wayne Francis. It was crazy. If you, did, if you weren't here, then go online, go on Facebook or YouTube and check out that message because it was a message for our church and really for the big C church on the, on the planet right now. But, but all of these youth, there's a whole section over here of students and there was about, I don't know, about 10, 12, 15 youth down here on their face praying and crying out to God. I mean, it was amazing to see. And then I, I, I had one, uh, five people gave their life to Christ and a couple of those were students. That's the next gen. And so we want to kind of invest into uh, some of the upgrades for youth and the equipment and some of the kids upgrades for some of the the things they're using in their ministries on Sunday. And then you'll see some facility projects. We're going to pave some of the parking areas that are getting a little rough. We paved the front last year. We're going to pave some of the back. And then then we're also going to believe for a little lobby upgrade. I got a little vision to bust out some walls and put some big decks on out there so we can have a little hangout area and all that. That's just, don't tell anybody, all right? So so those are dreams and vision. You're part of a church that has has vision. Here's what you'll, here's where you'll live. You can live in one of these three areas. Eyesight, what is, regret, what could have been, or vision, what could be. And I think as God's people, we're constantly called to live in what could be. And so that's the vision. Take these cards, pray over them, and, uh, and, and, and believe God with us and, and jump in with all of your heart. Aren't you glad that I said that all isn't all? <laughs> But some of you, it might be. Just listen to God in Jesus' name. Uh, but we're believing for what could be. And, and if you're online and you want to know a little bit more about our vision partners, you can go onto our website and go to Transformation Church backslash vision, and you'll get all that information. And then also, I think it's being typed in the chat right now. There's a link that you can follow. We're going to finish this series out called Valued. We've been in a series called Valued, looking at some of our values and what that means for us. And we had an amazing word from Pastor Chris on the value of God's presence, that his presence is our priority. And then Clayton, one of our trustees, brought a word last week about the value of excellence. We believe in being excellent. And I'm just gonna, uh, I'm talking to you about vision and values. And it's so important they go together. I read this, that vision and values are codependent. That, that without values, a vision worthy of pursuit could not exist. So you, you could have a vision, but if there's no values grounded in it, it doesn't matter. 
And you can have values without a vision and there's just a stalemate. You're not going anywhere. So you can have all these great values, but no vision for anything to happen. You're just still stuck. You need values and vision together. And so I'm gonna read off to you just our, our simple church core values. And I'm not gonna zero in on all those core values. There's eight of them and you've already heard two. And uh, I'm gonna encourage you to go to Plugged In if you wanna learn more about those. You can get really, really hear about those and there's some amazing thoughts behind them. We really prayed and fasted and, and wrote down some things about our vision and our values that, that really matter to us and to God and I believe they'll really help our vision uh, excel. But I'm gonna read the, the main thought to you today and then I'm gonna get into just the thought about hope. I want, I want really supernaturally by the presence of God to infuse hope into you today, expectation into you today into a new way. If anything that happened in 2020, if anything at all, it stole some expectation. It stole some hope out of our life. And so I wanna infuse supernaturally hope into you for a specific reason. Let me share some of these values. These values I'm hoping come to pass. These values I'm having a vision to see part of our community, God's presence being our priority. That God's presence is everything. If we don't, if we, that's the first on the list on purpose. Excellence is our pursuit. Excellence, just we do the best we can with what we have. We show up with a good attitude. We, we come to, to church and we believe God and we're excellent people. And it's not just being perfect, it's being excellent and going beyond what's required. That's excellence. Going beyond what's required. Anybody can do what's required. I'll do it, check. But the excellence is like, man, I'm gonna go above and beyond. I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean where no one sees. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with the piece of trash when everybody else has walked over. And excellence is just wiping down the, the bathroom counters when they're all nasty in there. You know, and, and, and I know you don't, you don't work here, but this is your house. It's like, okay, excellent. Let's clean this thing up a little bit. Serving is our passion. We're about focusing on a purpose bigger than ourselves. I, I say it often that, that I can't take your problems away, but I can give you a purpose bigger than your problems. And if you'll focus on a purpose bigger than your problems, maybe it's someone in this room, maybe it's serving on a team, maybe it's an outreach, maybe it's blessing someone else, your problems begin to fade. Serving is so important. Community is our purpose. We're better together. We're stronger together. Diversity is our power. I think there's power in diversity that we're, we're celebrating differences. We don't tolerate other cultures. We celebrate other cultures. We celebrate each other. The next generation is our promise. We're about raising up leaders. We're about giving the next generation a, a, a healthy church. We're about empowering them to be raised up to serve God. We know they're gonna make mistakes. We're not gonna disown them when they make dis mistakes. Come on, mom and dad. Don't, don't disown your kids when they make mistakes. Amen. That's our promise is the next gen. Honor is our posture. We're about valuing people. Come on, listen to me. Honor is a posture of your heart. And I promise you, when you honor, even the people that you don't think deserve it, hear me, Jesus, when he went, this, is a, I'm, this isn't even my sermon today, okay? <laughs> Jesus went into Nazareth and it says that God himself, Jesus, could not do many mighty miracles in Nazareth because the people were familiar with him. They didn't, they didn't honor him. They dishonored him. They said, isn't he just Joseph's son? Isn't he just? And a lot of times we look at each other and go, aren't they just? Aren't they just a Republican? Aren't they just a Democrat? Aren't they just for that? Aren't they? And, and we begin to get this familiar spirit with people and they did it with Jesus and God himself could do no mighty miracles there, not many. Literally, dishonor hindered the activity of God. So hear me, honor is not for the other person's sake. For you to honor a president or for you to honor a boss or for you to honor a spouse is not for their sake. A lot of times you think it's for their sake. Well, and you're like, well, they don't deserve no honor. They don't, nah, nah, nah. And, and we've gotten into the society that only gives honor to who deserves it. The reality is honor is for the, for the movement and power of God in your life. 
When you honor someone, when I honor Pastor Chris, that whatever God has in his life, it makes it available to my life. And, and it opens up my life for the movement of God into my life. And so I wanna encourage you, that's such an important one is honor. And then the last one, generosity is our privilege. We give sacrificially. We, we give beyond what's required with our time, our talent, our treasure. This is who we are as a church, as a kingdom people, as the sons and daughters of God. And so you can learn more about those values at our, at our plugged in class. And then our vision, obviously, you know, is to make Jesus known so lives can be changed, so lives can be transformed. That's why we're Transformation Church. We believe in when Jesus is made known, people's lives change. And so today, I, I just wanna instill into you, I'm gonna read one verse and then I got some thoughts. I wanna instill into you just hope. Hope around, I, I just read a lot of maybe values to you and you're like, maybe you're like, well, that's hopeless. We ain't gonna get any honor back in our society. Maybe you heard about generosity. You're like, that's hopeless. Like, I can't, I can't be generous. I'm just trying to pay the bills. Maybe you hear about serving. You're like, man, my time's already stretched. Like, they want me to serve more. Like, I just want to infuse some expectation and supernatural hope into you for what God can do and will do in your life and in our house here. Romans 15, 13 says this. Oh, this is in the message. Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy. Fill you up with peace so that you're believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, listen to this, will brim over with hope. Will brim over with hope. My title for today is very simple, called Brimming Over. Brimming Over. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you're, you're gonna allow us to brim over with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill, a, fill our believing lives with hope today, with expectation today, with vision today for what could be. Lord, anyone that's lacking hope today, Lord, give them brand new hope in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Here's why it's so important for me to infuse hope or really for the Holy Spirit to infuse hope. I hope I can preach the word of God. I hope I can say some things and by the power of the Holy Spirit that hope would come alive, expectation would come alive. Here's why. Because hope activates your faith. Hope actually activates your faith. Uh, some of you say, well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's true. Faith comes by hearing, but it's activated by hoping. You'll begin to hear the things of God. You'll hear the word of God, but it's not active until you begin to actually hope in what the promise says, until you actually begin to mix hope with what you've heard. And now all of a sudden faith begins to be activated when you get vision and hope for a future in your life. Uh, Hebrews 11 says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So think about it. Many times we're trying to get people to have faith, man, just have faith, just have faith, just have faith, just have faith. You ain't hoping for nothing. So if, they're, if you're not hoping for anything, there's no substance of faith. There's, there's no activation of faith. You might have all the faith that God's given you from reading the word of God, but if there's no hope for God to move, if there's no hope for tomorrow, if there's no hope for your marriage, if there's no hope for your future, your faith is not activated. And so my desire is that God would infuse some vision and expectation that you would get your faith back because faith brims over, hope brims over. It spills over. Let me tell you, tell you like this. So I've got three kids and they're teenagers now. And uh, come on, you gotta be smart raising kids. You gotta be a, a mental Jedi to raise kids, somebody. You gotta know how to trick them to get them to do what you want. You gotta, you gotta, I mean, come on. Come on, smarter than a third grader. It was a whole show. Fifth grader, see? <laughs> see? They're getting smarter earlier. <laughs> I was, a little, I was a little delayed in my, you know, I just want to be smarter than a third grader. Was, they were getting me early on. <laughs> Fifth grader. 
You know, and so, and so as a parent, I got now teenagers and like someone told me one day that, uh, years ago in the lobby, I remember he looked at me and says, you will never win a fight head to head with a teenager. You know, and it, it's true. Like the more I see, so I gotta be, I gotta be wise. And so I got tired of trying to be smarter. So I just bribe them now. <laughs> hey, you know, if you'll do this, we're gonna go get milkshakes. You know, if you'll do this, we're gonna get Chipotle. You know, I mean, I just put some, I put some hope out there for Chipotle. Come on, Chipotle's a good bribe, somebody. I put, I put a bribe of ice cream. Come on, when I say, we're gonna get some milkshakes. Do you know that everything changes when they have a hope of ice cream? Angels show up. It could have been all, you know, every little demon, all hell breaking out. We're getting ice cream. Oh, Father. Father. You know, it's like, sissy, would you like to go first, sissy? You know, it's like, what happened? It's because hope began to brim over. Hope began to affect their attitude. Hope began to activate their faith. Hope began to activate how they walked with each other. Hope began to spill over on their actions, their behavior, their belief. When they hoped for something... They began to live different. God knows when you get a hope into your heart, when you get an expectation, when you get vision into your heart for something God has, it begins to spill over on your neighbor. It begins to spill over on your spouse. It begins to spill over on your church. It begins to spill over on how you talk on Instagram and social media. It begins to spill over when we don't have hope. And that's the problem. What happened in 2020, everything sucked our hope away. And so, and here's the thing, when we have disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, that leads to discouragement. Disappointment is an event. Discouragement is a state of the soul. And so many of you have gone from disappointment, from hope being let down and expectation being missed over and over and over. And now you've got discouragement in your soul. And the thing about discouragement is it distances you from God and from each other. And so I'm here to encourage you to, to breathe life into you, to breathe expectation and vision that God's got a future and that we're more committed. Listen, vision is just being more committed to the future than the past. And I pray that some of you today would leave here more committed to today and the future. And this can be a moment of expectation and God can change everything in an instant, in a moment, in a second. And you would expect God to do something today. Because I'm more committed to tomorrow than I am yesterday. And I gotta have a godly expectation. I have to have a godly expectation to take next steps in anything. If I wanna take a next step, if I wanna activate a faith walk, I've gotta have something I see. Many, many of you, we, we've talked about blind faith all the time. Blind faith doesn't exist. I mean, if you think about it, when the, when the scripture says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, that means you're seeing something. That means you're hoping for something. I mean, every miracle that happened, they saw Jesus. They hoped that he would heal. When Peter got on the water, he saw Jesus first. He looked and then he leaped. Many of you are leaping and then looking. So you're leaping going, well, this is a relationship for me. Well, you didn't look that they didn't love Jesus. Well, I'm gonna gonna leap into bed. Well, you didn't look at God's principles. (laughs) I'm gonna leap into this business deal by faith. It ain't by faith because you didn't look that they don't love Jesus. Or they don't do business God's way. So oftentimes we get f- fried in our faith because we've been leaping and not looking at what God says. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage you. It's okay not to have blind faith. You need to actually look to Jesus' word, look to what God's saying. You would begin to see something. You would hope for something. But I want to hope for a marriage like that. You don't just shut your eyes and go, I'm going to have a marriage. And it's going to be blessed. And I got to get, if I get more faith. Many times we're trying to get more faith to make our life li- line up but we ha- we've never seen anything that we wanted to line up to. 
You have, to, you have to see something and hope for something. And so I'm gonna give you some thoughts about having an expectation in any area of your life. Very simple thoughts. And then I'm gonna pray for you to have a godly uh, move in your life today for, for supernatural expectation. Here's what expe- expectation does for us. It does for me. Expectation number one, expectation kindles, rekindles our fire. I don't know about you, but some of my fire almost went out in 2020, guys. Come on, we're at home trying to do church. Come on, church at home isn't that great for a preacher. You know, you don't know how hard it is to do what I do to a little camera with no one in here. I'm like, you know. And, 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 so, and so sometimes, you know, your fire starts to get put out. Look at this verse, 1 Samuel 2.8 in the message. He puts poor people on their feet again. Come on, somebody. He rekindles burned out lives with fresh hope, restoring dignity and respect to the, to the lives to, the, to people in the place and puts them in a place in the sun. For the very structures of the earth are God's. He's laid out its operations in the firm foundation. He rekindles the fire of burned out lives. I, I don't know about you, but come on, sometimes we need something rekindled. My, my two boys, we got four fire pits at the house. They love fire. They love gasoline. My, my oldest son made napalm at Christmas. He took styrofoam from all the gifts and melted it in gasoline. He's got it in a jar. You know, we were a little scared. You heard me say it. My wife's like, hey, we need to get granddaddy to check the napalm before Christmas dinner. You know, that's a weird quote at Christmas. I got three, three boys, you know. My, my, my oldest is like, you won't let me watch certain rated R movies, but you'll let me make napalm, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, well, we're going to keep you holy and keep your fire burning, you know. <laughs> You know, it's like, it, 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 takes, it takes fuel to rekindle some things. Come on. It takes some fuel to put on a fire. The fuel of God's word, the fuel of passion, the fuel of praying, the fuel of worshiping in here together, gathering around this word of God. There's fuel that will begin to fan to flame what is in your heart. Come on. Expectation is fuel for your fire. I pray you get an expectation today for what's next in God or for what God has for you. Let expectation fire you up today. Number two, expectation gives us new strength. Some of you might have lack of strength today. Expectation will actually breathe new strength into you. Job 4.4, your words have put stumbling people on their feet. An expectation of God's word actually can lift me up to my feet. You put fresh hope, again, in people about to collapse. Anybody about to collapse? Can we be real? God, can we be honest? Like an expectation puts strength in people that are about to collapse. An expectation, a vision. Have you ever gone jogging? Any joggers in here? Come on, somebody's like, ooh. Come on, you ran a marathon without training one day. You got me. I'm like, hey, who could, no one could run a marathon without training. He's like, I could. <laughs> I hate jogging. You know what the worst thing about, the, the worst jog is? When you go jogging with someone on a trail or a route, you don't know. Have you ever been, like, like when you go on a trail, you know, you know the mile markers, you know where you usually get tired, you know how long the run's gonna be, and you know what's coming up next. There's an expectation of the finish line, somebody. But when you run and you don't know the route, you don't know the road, you don't know when the finish line is, you're about to die, you're like, I'm gonna die! You're like, how much further? <laughs> Can't breathe. Because there's no expectation. There's no vision. You don't know when it's gonna end. You can't see it. And what, what hope does, what expectation does, it actually gives you strength to have finish line faith that God all along the way says, here's the expectation. Here's the direction. Here's the finish line. Here's where I'm taking you. And all of a sudden now, this strength begins to rise up on the inside of you because you can see something 
that you couldn't see before that God allows you to see. Expectation gives you new strength. Expectation number three, expectation allows you to keep pouring, to keep pouring out. It's the story of Elijah and the, and the widow. You know the story, 2 Kings 6, 4, 6. It says, now it came to pass. So important for church right now. So important for your life. We love the Holy Spirit, but here's the point and purpose of the Holy Spirit right here in this verse. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. The oil is the Holy Spirit. Vessel are people and individuals and an expectation for lives. And the, the, the sons went out and gathered, gathered vessels. And as, as many as the vessels they brought in, the oil kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring. A lot of times we love the Holy Spirit. The point of the Holy Spirit is people. God's not gonna pour his spirit out on the floor. Why, why, why? That's what's happened in the Pentecostal denomination and stuff. And listen, I'm a, I'm a Baptocostal. Come on, somebody. I got a Baptist background from my mama, a Pentecostal background when I got saved. I, you know, I, I, got, I'm, I got all kinds of stuff. And so, but the Pentecostal denomination, they did all this oil parties and pouring the oil out on the floor and wah, and, every, and you got oil all over the floor. It's not for the floor, it's for people. It's to pour into people. And the minute we make this about anything other than people, gathering people, reaching people, blessing people, you know it's hard work to get vessels. Those sons got enough vessels and when the, when the vessels were empty or when they were out of vessels, it stopped. It takes us together like working and believing and gathering and inviting and reaching. And maybe this place is full right now at 10 a.m. Maybe going to the 1130 service so we can fill this up a little bit more. It's a little bit more work on your schedule. And we're gonna start three services at Easter. Come on, Jesus' name. 830. 8.30, you're like, ah, boo, ah. 8.30, somebody, woo <laughs> Okay, everybody that just cheered is gonna go to 8.30 service so we can make room for people that aren't here yet because we wanna get vessels because we wanna keep pouring and we want God to continue to pour out of us. If you're worried about being used or seeing God pour out of you, continue to make it about people. Continue to expect God to pour through you to reach people. You're going to brim over to reach people. Got a few minutes left. Y'all with me today? Yeah. Oh, here's some hard expectations. Here's what I want you to get in your heart. Very simple. Uh, three or four different expectations of your heart. Number one, expect to receive whatever is needed. Right now in this year, in 2021, expect to receive whatever is needed. Matthew 8, 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done to you. And this servant was healed that very hour. Expect to receive whatever is needed. Can you imagine going to a mechanic over and over and over with a flat tire and he keep, get, keeps giving you windshield wipers? You'd be like, dude, I need a new tire. He's like, well, you know, it's hard to put it up on the jack. You know, we'll fix your wipers. I got a flat tire. Oh, you wouldn't go to that mechanic. Like, you don't expect to get what you don't need at a mechanic. Why do you expect not to get what you need from God? Like, expect to get what you need. And, and, and sometimes we make it about what we don't need, and that's why we don't get what we need. <laughs> you know, you ever go to McDonald's with a van full of kids, and they're like, taking your order, and you're like, shut up, everybody. I'm ordering. Quiet. I was yelling their order. You get to the very end and everything's calm. And the guy says, would you like an apple pie with that? Oh, yeah, what an apple pie. You're like, shh, why did you, 
Why, why do you ask for? Why do you ask if I want an apple pie at the end? I ordered a Big Mac, French fries, super size, give me a coke. Why do you ask if I want an apple pie? Because it's not the main thing on the menu. And he had to throw it in as an add-on because he knows it's not what someone orders. They don't say at the end of it, would you like a Big Mac with that? It's the main thing. <laughs> I need a Big Mac. I need, I need fries. I need a double cheeseburger. I need a quarter pounder. I don't, I don't. And, then, and then here's what we do oftentimes. We think that, that we make it about other things. We need, listen, we need what the main thing is with Jesus. And he's healing He's power, he's joy, he's forgiveness, he's expectation, he's hope. Like, I'm expecting to get what I need. I don't need the apple pie, somebody. Come on. Come on, believe. Yeah, amen to that. My kids don't expect Jesus to move in your life. Expect to see possible in all impossibilities. Expect to see possible in all impossibilities. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Expect to see possible in all impossibilities. Hear me, faith sets no limit on God's power. George Mueller, a great prayer warrior in the faith, says this, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. Come on, what are you believing for? Are you believing for God to move in the impossible? That's where your faith is active. That's where God begins to move. The cross was crucifixion of all your self-man-made wisdom and all your effort and all your possibilities in your own strength. The cross crucified your strength. The cross crucified your self-effort. We can't do this without supernatural possibilities in the middle of impossibilities. Expect for the possible with what's looking impossible. Expect unbelief, hear me, Expect unbelief to be temporary. Here's the most honest prayer in the New Testament. Mark 9, 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out with tears. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's okay. Doubt and faith can coexist. It's called humanity. We've been taught that we can never doubt or God's not going to. It's okay. That prayer was like, God, I believe. I believe you're going to do some things. I have an expectation. But God, there's some areas I need you to help my unbelief. Please, Jesus, get involved in this. Get involved in my heart. Get involved in my marriage. I'm not fully believed. Get involved in my kids. Get involved in salvation. I need you, God. The way to combat unbelief in your life is begin to speak the word of God out loud. Begin to talk faith out loud. God's word says, God's word says, God's word says. And all the things, unbelief begins to fade away. A few more, I want to give you a few more. Expect God to do something. So simple, expect God. Some of you quit believing that God wants to get involved. Not just to give you what you need, to do something. Matthew 9, 28, 29. And when he had come into the house, come on. If Jesus is in the house, the blind man came to him and Jesus said to him, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe I can heal your marriage? Do you believe I can heal your kids? Do you believe I can set you free from addiction? Do you believe I can give you a new hope and a new vision? Do you believe I can make the business come alive? Do you believe I can do something in your your family? Do you believe I can heal your finances? And he said, he said this, he said, yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Expect God to do something. You ever hear those prayers? Well, you know, if it be your will. 
And maybe, God, if I'm good enough and I don't expect anything, God, because I'm just this human being down here and I know all my ways. And, God, if your ways be higher than my ways, which they are, and maybe you'd like to heal me or do this in my life. And if it's just, God, I don't expect it. I'm just a child here down here on this lonely planet. maybe God that's not God's heart for us like like expectation prayers like the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me walk through the valleys of the shadow of death he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he has a rod and a staff that protect me he sits me down in the presence of my enemies and my cup runs over and my head's anointed with oil and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of God forever like, he is my deliverer my sanctifier he's my front shield and my rear guard he's a high tower his name is something I can run into God thank you I can run into you and you raise me up on wings like eagles and you renew my strength and you give me an expectation to fly walk and run God thank you There's a different expectation in that type of prayer. Well, God, give me strength if it's your will. But I just try to mess with you today. Come on, somebody. Expectation sounds different. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. He pulls me out of the miry clay and sets my feet upon a rock. Expectation. Expect to win no matter what. Romans 8, 37, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Expect to win no matter what. A woman fighting cancer had a note on the mirror in her bathroom. Cancer is so limited, it cannot cripple love, shatter hope, corrode faith, destroy peace, kill friendship, suppress memory, silence courage, invade the soul, steal internal life. It cannot conquer my spirit. Expect to win. No matter what, my kids in their football game were up 50 to 7 one day. The other team scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. It's one minute left in the game, and they start talking trash 50 to 14. Yeah! I'm like, what? You're all trash. How you're done? They expected to still win. It's impossible, but there was an expectation. I thought it was stupid. I was making fun of them. I was trash talking them back like, y'all are done, 15 to 14, you're done. But what about the spirit, the attitude of a winner that doesn't quit, that doesn't stop, that expects, maybe I can get 15 onside kicks and we can come back and win this thing. We're still in it. Expect to win. Expect to be used by God this year. Expect that in God's wisdom and knowledge, he wants to use your life uniquely. Here's why you don't expect God to use your life because you want to be someone else. And God can't use who you pretend to be. And I pray that you would decide that, you know what? You know, Wayne Francis, I don't know if you saw him preaching last week. That dude could float when he preached. He's doing this and talking, you know, he's got the Jamaican accent and his feet do, somehow he can hover with his feet parallel to one like, like this, his feet are in line he starts preaching and he went from like here to, the, to that music that he, like somehow, like he just he just moved like in, 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 and hovered like that, you can go online and watch it what if I did that every week, you guys would be like who are you I gotta be me you got to be you. God wants to use you. He wants to use your life. And the last one, expect past failures 
to build a life of perseverance. Expect your failures to actually be stepping stones to your dreams. Hear, hear me. We all, here's this verse, Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall and never get up. Here's a statement I hate. Christianity is a marathon. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. I am never gonna freaking run a marathon. <laughs> Ever. And we use these stupid statements. And I understand the heart of it. I mean, it's a marathon. And in your mind, when you hear, oh, it's a marathon, it's the long run, you're never gonna run a marathon. So you're like, I can't do it. Do you know what Christianity is? You know what perseverance is? It's not one long race. It's many short races, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. A marathon is just a bunch of little mini runs all put together one day. And mine will happen when I get to heaven because I ain't gonna run one down here. But the reality is, you win on Monday, you win on Tuesday, you keep walking on Thursday, you keep walking on Friday, you keep stepping into expectation on Saturday, and you keep getting back up. I fall seven times, but I get back up eight. Man, I don't want you to check out because you think it's this long marathon you're never gonna run. Just win the day, just win the moment, just win and expect God to show up. I wanna pray for you. Some of you have lost hope. You've lost expectation. You've lost vision. Hope's not brimming over because you've lost an expectation. And if that's you, if disappointment has turned into discouragement, I want to pray for supernatural expectation in God to come back today. Some of you need Jesus for the first time. Maybe you've not surrendered really the life and the leadership of your life to him. The greatest hope is looking at what he did on that cross. The greatest expectation that you could ever have is for a relationship with a heavenly father that's good. Even though your earthly father failed you, even though earthly institutions failed you, there's a heavenly father that sent a son to die for you on a cross. And the greatest vision is looking at Jesus on that cross and going, I can have eternal life in a relationship with God. Some of you need that start today with God. Maybe you just need to come back to him. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Father, thank you so much. Thank you for new faith, new vision, new hope. Thank you that, that, we, that faith comes by hearing, but, but, but faith is activated by hoping. Today, I pray supernaturally as I, as I preach the word of God, hope came alive, expectation came alive in someone's life where they had quit hoping, where discouragement was overflowing, where discouragement was brimming over. I pray that hope would brim over from this point on. Where disappointment had set in and discouragement had taken root, I pray that would be wiped out today and you would fill our believing lives with expectation and faith today, God. For this house, for our families, for our friends, for those that are struggling, no one looking around, if you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I've allowed some disappointment to turn to discouragement and I need expectation again. Just put your hand up to me, nobody looking around. Come on, hands across this place. Father, every area of discouragement, every area where someone said, you know what, I, I, it's a marathon and I've checked out, I can't, I don't see the finish line. Right now, I pray that you would put finish line faith in every individual that's discouraged, that they could see that the finish line is you, Jesus, that you already gave your life, that you already won the victory, that you already settled it, that you're in charge, that you're on the throne, and that you've got an expectation for us that you're good and that you're God. I pray today you would pour into individuals that are discouraged in a supernatural way. And let them leave here brimming over with hope in their language, in their posture, in their mind, in their soul, in their heart. 
In Jesus' name. No one looking around just for another second. If you're here, you'd say, Pastor, I, I need God. I'm ready to surrender my life to God. I've been leading my own life. I've been doing it my own way. I know about him, but I'm ready to actually give him the leadership of my life. The Bible in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if you would surrender your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to ask you to stand up or embarrass you, but if that's you, would you just slip your hand up to me? Pastor, I need a fresh start. I need to surrender my life. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Come on, anybody else, thank you for your boldness. I need a fresh start today. I'm, thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Come on. Come on, church. People saying yes to Jesus in their life. Come on. Yes, God. If you're online and you need a fresh start, just put it in the chat right now. I need a fresh start with God. I need to hope in God today.